you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amen. Isaiah chapter 64, if you have your Bibles this morning, I will turn your attention. I'm just going to read one verse and see what the Lord has in store for us. We thankful that each of you are here this morning. We're just four weeks away from our first service in our new building, and we're very excited about that. We appreciate all of the work and labor that is going into getting things finished. Uh, after yesterday, we went through our punch list looking at the, the few items that we have, and according to my punch list, I have three things on my list left to get accomplished before we are ready for our final inspection. And so we are really, really close. And um, we have um, sound and our data uh, both being worked on starting tomorrow. And so those are two of the final hurdles to cross. And um, we have landscaping getting ready to start going in so we're right at the final stages someone working yesterday asked they said pastor who's going to do the moving into the new building I said well I'm sure those who uh, were unable to come and help us labor and work on the building are surely going to be willing to step up and help us make that final move into the new building and so we're going to be depending on you when Brother Spencer was talking about volunteering. There's so much work to be done, and we appreciate all that is being done. And uh, so the next four weeks, we're going to be calling on you for uh, to step up and help us in these final stages. And by the help of the Lord, uh, I believe that date is October. Yes, October the 7th is our first scheduled service in the new building. So we're very excited about that. It's been a long time coming, and we're very excited and thankful. Isaiah chapter 64, verse number 8. But now, O Lord, Thou art our Father. We are the clay. I want you to notice the distinction. Thou art our Father. We are the clay. And Thou our potter. And we are the work of thy hands. By the help of the Lord this morning, I want to preach for just a little bit into your hearing. Thou art our potter. Thou art our potter. Lord, we need your help this morning to preach what you have laid upon our heart. I pray for the word of God to go forth 
with freedom and liberty this morning. I pray for the anointing of God upon my voice this morning and, and upon the ears and hearts of the people to receive the word of God. Do what you want to do, O Potter. Have your way in our midst today, O God. Move upon us how you choose. Form us and shape us. Make us what you would want us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you this morning. In the book of Genesis, the scripture gives insight into the creation of man. And we understand that from the dust of the ground, man was formed. And uh, he was formed not only from the dust of the ground, but he was formed in the hands of God. He was formed in the hands of the Father. Like the potter would form clay. And as Isaiah writes, Now, o Lord, thou art our Father, and we are the clay. I, I think somehow, perhaps, the prophet was reflecting on creation and thinking that how God reached into the dust of the ground and he took the clay into his hands and began to form and shape and mold just like a potter would form clay and began to make it, the scripture said, into his own image. God began to form and began to shape and began to create into his image. The interesting fact about clay is that clay in its natural state is seldom fit for the use of the potter. There is a process and there's st several stages of preparation that are necessary for the potter to put the clay through in order to get it where that it is usable in the hands of the potter. The clay has potential. I want you to say that with me today. The clay has potential. The clay has potential. It can be formed. It can be shaped into anything that the potter imagines because the clay has potential. But the clay in its natural state is not much good until it goes through the process of preparation for use. How many of you understand what I'm saying this morning? In order for the clay to be able to be formed and shaped, there are things about the clay, the consistency, the makeup of the clay that needs some modification and it needs some purification. It needs to be uh, established in the hands of the skilled potter. The, the prophet Isaiah begins to write, You, Lord, you are our father. You are the potter. And we, we are the clay. There is an image created here of the fact that as the clay, the that which is being formed. He is not speaking, uh, I don't believe the prophet is speaking of, of the literal formation 
of man in the book of Genesis where the Lord God took from the dust of the ground and he formed and shaped man. Uh, he put within man the ability to reproduce himself. And so therefore the need for the shaping and the forming of clay for every human being is not necessary because everything that God made, he made so that it could produce and reproduce the seed after its kind, the tree after its kind. So everything was made uh, for the process uh, of being able to reproduce. So the clay that the prophet Isaiah is writing about is not the literal clay of the formation of this flesh, but I believe he is speaking of the spirit and the soul of man. Thou art the potter, O Lord, and we are the clay. In other words, there must be a molding and a shaping and a forming uh, in order for us to be usable in the hands of God. We must endure uh, the process to get us to where God can use us. There is potential in the clay but until the clay has been prepared by the hands of the potter, until it goes through the preparation and the process, it can, it's not yet ready to be formed into the image that the potter has in mind. So the clay in its original form, uh, it, it has potential, but there are things that are in the clay that would mess up the whole, uh, the whole work of the potter because the potter can't use the raw clay without it being fashioned and formed and shaped. And if in the forming and the shaping process, if, if, if through that process the, the rocks and the pebbles and, and all of the things that are that the impurities that are in the clay are not extracted and not taken out of it. When the potter gets to near the finished process and in it is a pebble or in it is a lump or in it is something that should not be in the clay, it would, uh, it would mess up the entire, the entire piece of pottery. And so that... All of the work that the potter would put into the vessel uh, was for naught. It all had to be taken and gone back through and purified. So uh, I come to you this morning to bring you uh, this idea that he is the potter and we are the clay. And so sometimes the things that you and I seem to believe that we're just going through something or this is just a time in our life. It's just the old devil working against us. How many of you have ever heard anybody say that? Oh, the old devil's fighting me. The old, it may not be that the devil's fighting you. And if the devil is fighting you, it's because God has given him a little space of time to work on you because God is trying to work some things into you or maybe trying to work some things out of you. And so everything that is happening in your life, I don't believe there are such things. 
that come into your life that God is not forming something and shaping something and making something good out of it. The clay had to be softened before it could be fashioned. Uh, Hard people uh, are not very usable in the kingdom of God. The clay has to be softened. God will put us through a process of softening. We have to have a soft heart. We have to be sensitive to the call of God. We have to be sensitive to the spirit of God. People who are hard, people who are hard to deal with, God has to deal hard with them. You know what I mean. There's some folks that, 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 you know, they don't take a hint. So God has to speak strongly. So the clay has to be softened. It has to be mixed with water. It goes through the sifting process for the stones and foreign objects to be removed from them. And during this time, I want to speak to the young people that are in the room this morning. Our youth class are here. And I want to tell you that there's a lot of potential in this room this morning. There's a lot of potential in this room this morning. But in order for you to get from where you are to where God wants to take you to, whether you are 13, 30, or 80 in the room this morning, I want to tell you there's potential in you. But before God can ever use you, He's got to take you through some processes. He's got to get things out of your life that He does not intend to be there because He, the potter, cannot form you and shape you until He takes the debris that is in your life, the things in your life that He doesn't want in your life. He's got to remove them and take them out. When the clay went into the process of sifting and the stones being removed, there are several settling bases where the sifting took place. And each basing uh, basing that it went through, the clay was pushed through a screen, if you will. And each process went through a finer and finer and finer screening until eventually a very fine product and a product that the potter can work easily with because all of the larger pieces all of the big pieces had to be taken out and it was the smallest the smallest of particles of clay that survived the screening process that is what was usable can I relate to you this morning just for a moment and tell you the areas of your life that you feel like you are large in may not be the area where God can use you. It may be that He has to take those areas away from you and out of you to get you to where He can find the small part of you that you see and, and think is insignificant, but God is saying, I, that's what I'm trying to get out of them. Because the finest clay has endured the process and it has come out to make the best vessel once refined. The potter would place the clay on a clean floor and he would begin walking on it back and forth and over and over until the air pockets were removed and everything that uh, until the clay has become the consistency. He doesn't want it to get hard while it's on the floor, but he walks on it. And it was a process of kneading the clay and working the clay. Sometimes we don't understand why 
Why is our life, why does things seem to be on hold? Why does it we may be that we're in the process that we've been through the refining and we've been through the cleaning and people are saying, Pastor, my life's clean before the Lord. My life is holy and righteous. I'm doing right, living right. I've been through some things in life. God has taken this out of me, but it just seems like I'm in a, a stage of being unsettled. That I have no better explanation than tell you that unsettledness in your life may be the needing process when the, the potter is walking out the air pockets and, and, and it's not the pebbles now that he's getting out it's the things that nobody can see He's taking things out of your life that's not visible to others but only the potter knows what it is and he's working out some things you don't know what it is and people around you are going, I don't understand why they're going through what they're going through but the master potter is getting you to the right consistency so that he can obtain the perfect the perfect product to be able to work with and that potter will reach up off of the floor and he will pick up that piece of clay and he will place it on the potter's wheel. I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost this morning. I believe that the Lord has impressed upon me today to come and speak to some and tell you that you've been going through a process but God the master potter is getting getting ready to pick you up today. I feel the potter reaching down wanting to pick somebody up that feels like I've been on the bottom long enough. I've been under it long enough. But when the master says it's time, he's going to pick you up and he's going to put you on the potter's wheel. I didn't say the forming and shaping is going to be over, but I'm coming this morning to tell you you've been down, but God is about to pick you up. You've been under the load, but the potter Potter's about to pick you up today and say, I've got you in the palm of my hand. I'm putting you on the potter's wheel and I'm going to form something out of you that would never have been able to be to come into existence if you hadn't endured the process. The prophet Isaiah pointed out, Thou, O Lord, or our Father, we're the clay, thou art the potter. We are, we all, Isaiah said, we all are the work of thy hand. Everybody say all. That excludes any individual from being able to say, but I'm different from everybody else. Doesn't matter where you think you come from. It doesn't matter what your name is, what your status is to be used of God. You have to go through the process. This passage so clearly describes who he is and who we are. Isaiah recognizes you are the father, you are the potter. We are the clay and we are in your hands. The issue is, now I'm going to come strong for a few minutes. The issue is, it's too many Christians treat God like he's our barber or our, our beautician. We are, he is the potter, we are the clay. 
But a lot of us want to treat him like he's the barber. I just want you to take a little off the side. We want to give God direction. The difference in the barber or the beautician and the potter is that the potter doesn't have a voice because it came out during the process. We live in a day of lack of submission. We want to order God around. Our prayers are centered around God. This is what you need to do in my life. As if he doesn't know what he needs to do. If you read the process of prayer, we see our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I can't provide for myself, so give us this day our daily bread. It goes on to declare that it is His will that needs to be done on earth as it is in heaven. The issue at hand is not that God doesn't know what needs to happen in our lives. It's that we want to give God direction on what needs to happen in our lives. I want you to fix this and change this and get me through this and get me out of this mess. You better hope that the potter never listens to the clay before your voice is worked out of you and you reach the point of submission because the clay that is ready to be worked with is so limp. It has. It is such a fine clay that it is almost like a silk. When you pick it up, it just roll, would roll through your hands. It's not, it is, it, 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 it has no, it does not resist the work of the potter but the issue of the day and age that we live even among Christians even among apostolic Christians even among our own church is that too many people want to say, I've got some direction that I need to give God. And we start ordering God around and telling God what we want in our lives. And when we disagree with the word, we follow our own heart. And when we disagree with the church, we choose our own path. And when we disagree with the man of God, we rebel, get a bad attitude, or go find us a new man of God that will agree with us. I come this morning to tell you that if you want to be used of God you've got to submit to the work of God and say God you're not my barber but you are my potter I don't know what needs to happen but God go to work on me make something out of me we live in a day and age that everybody's looking for somebody to agree with them looking for somebody to affirm them Looking for somebody to approve of them. Nobody looks for anybody to correct them. Everybody needs a promoter. But they also need a corrector. But the moment that a word of correction, a constructive criticism, comes, we, we're done with that person. We're going to find somebody else that will agree with us. We're going to find somebody else that will say you're good like you are. We need a good revelation that he 
is the potter. I want you to know that there is nothing greater than knowing that you are being molded into the image that God wants you to be. Long before the vessel is ever created, the potter has a plan in mind. And he designs it in his own mind. He is the master architect. And in his mind, he is already thinking of how he wants to form and shape and what he wants to do. Long before the vessel is put on the wheel, he's looking at that clump of clay and he's thinking, I think I can work some stuff out of that piece right there. It's not much right now, but oh, it may think it's a lot. It may have a lot of potential, but I'm going to take it through the process but when it comes out the other side oh I can see what I can make out of that piece of clay I see what I can form what God has in mind for the vessel may be greater than what you ever possibly imagined I want you to understand today our young people are in the room and I want to tell you many of you have great ideas and great plans. Go after it. Get the best education you have, you can get. Move forward and do everything you can do for God. Be faithful. Be consistent. Live morally. Live righteously. Don't get caught up in all the things of the world. But at the end of the day know this. I'm following God. You can't follow your heart. That's what the world tells you. Your heart is evil. And every thought of your heart is evil continuously. The Bible said don't follow your heart. You follow God. You follow the word of God. You may not understand it today. But you say you need to find somebody you can submit to. You need to submit to your pastor. To your youth pastor. To your parents. To some mentors in your life. And say help me. I want to do something with my life. I want to make something out of my life. And I want to be submitted to God. I want God to form and shape me. But when the Lord begins to work, don't resist Him. Don't say no because He's got a way of correcting that in your life. But I come this morning to tell you the potential that is in you can come to fruition. But only after you go through the process and you submit yourself into the hand of the potter. What you have in mind for yourself it may be a far cry from what God's got in mind, but I promise you this. What you have in mind for yourself and what God has in mind for you, while they may be two separate things, I can tell you His ways, the Bible said, are always higher than ours. That means if you think you're going to go to the moon, He said, no, I'm going to take you to another galaxy. You think you're going to go here? God says, I got a bigger plan. I'm going to take you further. God's never going to take you down. If, he, if you feel like you're down, it's because there's a process of working something out of you. But the end result, he's going to reach down and pick you up. When he gets that worked out of you, he's going to pick you up and form something in you that you never believe possible. So God has... Before he ever begins working, he's already got in my, what he has in mind for the vessel is already in his mind. How do I want this vessel to be used? What is its purpose going to be used? You need a little scriptural reference? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. 
And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee. A prophet unto the nations, the Lord began to tell. I already had, you weren't even born. His mama made me never thought he was going to. God said, no, I already formed you. I already had you designed as a prophet for the nations. But before you go through that, Jeremiah, there's going to be a lot of weeping in your life. Oh, come on, I'm in the word of God this morning. God has had you in mind all along. You feel alone and forsaken. You feel broken. You feel feel like God has had you in mind all along before Joseph was thrown into a pit by his brothers, long before he was working in slavery, even before he was accused by Potiphar's wife. Joseph was already in the mind of God, and God had a plan for him to be able to save his kindred and his nation. While Moses was floating in the bulrushes of the Nile, God already had a plan for him. While he was living in the palaces of Egypt's most powerful position, even while he was tending sheep on the backside of a Midian desert for 40 years, God was thinking about a plan that I have for him. He's going to go and he's going to lead my people out. No way it can happen because he's got a speech impediment. But with God, he said, when I formed you, Moses, I already had it picked out. I already had a way for you. Far back as Isaiah, when we hear God thinking of John the Baptist, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. God already had a plan in mind. He said, before I come forth in the form of Jesus Christ, I'm going to send forth a John the Baptist to come forth before me. I all want you to know this morning that everything, he knows the way that you take. He knows the plans that you have. And he's got a better plan for you. Jeremiah said, for I know the thought that I think toward you saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil and to give you an expected end I know that you've been feeling like nobody knows I know you've been feeling like nobody's helping you I know you've been feeling like that you're out there all by yourself but God has had it in mind all along he knew you before he formed you he had you in mind he had you in his shape he had and everything you've gone through has been part of the plan of God to get you to where he wants to take you to. Maybe he couldn't use you like you were. You were lumpy. Maybe that's what my issue is. I'm not heavy, I'm lumpy. Rocky, stiff-necked got blemishes in me, didn't have the right consistency about me, so he's got to take me through some processes to refine me. I want you to know this morning that God, when he forms you, he forms you in his own hands. Thou, Lord, O Lord, Art the potter. While you're on the wheel and you're enduring the process of molding and shaping, understand this involves applying pressure in certain areas of your life 
where he's trying to form you and shape you. How many of you know about the pressure? Mm -hmm. I'm qualified to preach on this this morning. How many of you know that pressure is created when the clay is met by resistance? I feel, I feel some pressure in my life. Don't run from it. Let him form you into what he's wanting to do in your life. God knows what he's doing in your life. He says he's not, gonna, he's not wanting to break you. He's not wanting to destroy you. He's, not, he's trying to make something out of you. You've got to trust God's purpose in your life. God will always go with you through the fire. Because when that piece of pottery has been formed and shaped, and it looks great, it's fragile. Mm. I'm preaching good to you this morning. I wish you'd wake your neighbor up and tell them, Pastor's preaching good. You might want to wake up and hear this one this morning. He'll go with you through the fire, but you're going to go through the fire. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, you're going to go through the fire. You want to be used, you're going to go through the fire. You think you're going to bypass the fire. You think there's going to be short, there's, not, there's no shortcuts. If you, you, you're going to go through the fire. You get a bad attitude when you're going through the fire. He may send you back through the breaking again. But you're going to go through the fire. And you're going to have to make it out the other side of the fire. But once his hands have formed you into the beautiful vessel, you're still worthless for function until he puts you through the fire. It isn't the devil putting you through the fire. The devil don't have anything to do with the fire. You think the devil's fighting you. It may not be the devil fighting you. You need to wake up every morning. You're in the fire and say, thank God, I'm still in the fire. He hasn't thrown me back through the potter. He hadn't broken this vessel and thrown me back out into the potter's field to, for it all to start over again. I'm still in the fire. Thank God for the fire. Thank God. I, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm, gonna, I'm in the fire. But God has me in the fire. He's in control of the kiln. He's in control of the temperature. He's in control. Come on, somebody needs to get it in your spirit. God, God's got this thing. I know it's, it's hot in the furnace. The fire's hard. Yeah, but God's got it. I'm in the fire because God has me in the fire. But I'm about to come out of the fire. And when I come out of the fire, there's one thing left. He's going to paint. He's going to paint the vessel. He's going to anoint the vessel. And he's going to put... His name on the vessel. When he puts his name on you and when he anoints you, there's nothing going to be able to stop you because you've been through the process. You've been refined. You've been formed. You've been through the pressure and you've been through the fire and you've come out the other side ready to be used of God. Oh, somebody put your hands together. Give God high praise. Come on, if you're going through it this morning, you ought to just get up from where you are. Throw your hands in the air and say, thank God. Thank God he's still working on me. Thank God he's still forming me. Thank God he's still doing it in my life. 
Come on, you won't always be in the fire. You won't always be under the pressure. You won't always be in the refining. But you're going to come out the other side. You're going to come out the other side. Somebody needs the anointing this morning. You're ready for the anointing. You're ready for his name. If you're in the room this morning and you need a fresh touch of anointing, I dare you to step out from where you are. Make your way to the front of this room today and say, God, I'm coming. I know I've been in the fire, but God, I want you to pour your anointing on me. I want you to pour it out on me. Come on, all over the building. Why don't you step from where you are this morning and declare, I need your anointing on my life. I'm coming this morning preparing myself. God, I want to be usable in the kingdom. If you're in the room this morning... And you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus. I want to tell you how you take on his name. You take on his name by baptism. I've got water over here ready. We've got robes back here ready. We can help you get ready. If you've never taken on the name by water baptism. But you know you've been through the pressure. And you've been through the fire. And you're ready to turn your life to him fully. Holy and completely. And you're ready to start over again. I dare you this morning to look at your neighbor and tell them, take me to the water. Take me to the water. Take me to the water. God will put his name on you. He will anoint you. You will be filled with the baptism of his spirit. He's got to work for your future. Your future will be better than your past. Come on, let God work in your life this morning. Let God work in your life this morning. Let's seek Him while we can find Him all over the room today. Reach out to the Lord today. I need your anointing. I need your anointing.